Welcome to The Undergrowth. I'm Marissa. And I'm Aaliyah. And we are on a journey to ignite collective liberation through juicy conversations. We will feature the voices of powerful truth-tellers, visionary artists, movement leaders, and wisdom holders to unveil their journey and share the medicine of their work. This space is an invitation to bring you into deep curiosity and self-reflection as we unpack the conditioning we no longer need to carry. And now, on to today's conversation. We are joined by April J., a ceremony space holder, spiritual guide, Reiki healer, and friend. Today, April shares the long journey of learning to trust her intuition and the bravery it took to follow Spirit's call. She reminds us that each one of us is an elder, wise beyond our years, and that through sharing our gifts, we change the world. So April, we are so happy to have you here today and excited to kind of explore with you. And I would just like to ask kind of if you could give us a little bit of a a synopsis or a little story about the journey of how you got here today. Mm, thank you for having me. I'm so glad to be here. Yeah. Such a conversation. I, I can already feel it. <laughs> the journey of how I got here today. Well, it's a it's a journey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's, that's why we're here. Mm-hmm. Um, well, as far as the work that I do and the medicine that I play with, I would say it began definitely at birth, <laughs> like oh, many of us, but yeah. to skip through a little bit of that, cause that would, we would be here all, all night, <laughs> um, which could be fun, but <laughs> nevertheless, um, yeah, I, I just, at such a young age, I felt called to really connect with earth medicine. I was always outside in nature. And mm-hmm. for me being outside was just such an escape from a a truly traumatic childhood that I had. Mm-hmm. Um, and I never even realized, you know, it's one of those things in hindsight, like how, how much mother earth saved me and how much connecting to nature medicine truly got me through some really dark shadowy times. Mm-hmm. And like so many of us were led back to the truths of our childhood later on in life. And I just am, playing with that more and more and more and having deeper realizations about how it's, I've always been connected. And I think sometimes we overcomplicate like this spiritual path or this, this wellness journey. And we're like, we're learning so many new things and there's truth in that. But I think ultimately a lot of us had that, that realization or we had those connections so early on in our lives. Yeah. You know, it's it's innate. If there's anything I'm I'm really sitting with lately, it's just how innate it is for us to heal. Right. Like, we complicate it. <laughs> <laughs> and we make it so serious. And there's a depth to it, but I think there's so much joy in the healing journey and um, you know, even interviews, podcast interviews I did like two or three years ago, I would probably be speaking about the healing journey different way so I'm really grateful to be at this space of just finding levity in this path Mm -hmm. um this path that I'm veering off of in terms of uh sharing about my journey (laughs) I'm rambling (laughs) but um yeah this like traumatic childhood infused with this beautiful connection to mother earth led me to a path of working in social work and helping people through um, like a westernized system of caring for people in the, in um, houselessness and child protection. I was a child protection investigator and caseworker. And I really thought that that was the main way you could help people because that's the systems. Those are the systems that I had seen in, as far as um, how people could be served, right? Like that was what I was exposed to. So that's what I thought I had to go into. Right. Yeah. And so I think I, I realized pretty early on in that system that there was so much untouched as far as medicine went, like the healing modalities we were using Mm -hmm. in 
social work and in mental health therapy, mental health therapy, at least in the traditional sense, in the Western sense, I should say, there was no nature involved. There was, we were in boxes trying to heal and it just didn't make sense to me. Yeah. I can't imagine trying to help somebody heal sitting in a cubicle, you know, with those blaring lights and just trying to assist through a computer Mm -hmm. barrier that's blocking. Yeah. The lights, (laughs) that's so (laughs) The lights and the carpet and like the cold, the cold chairs and the geometry, the mm. design of the room. It's like, it just wasn't conducive. It it was the opposite of innate. It was, you know, artificial in such a way. And um, I couldn't touch people either. Like that mm. obviously was against the rules. And I felt like there's such a, an incredible potency of being able to physically hold people and touch them to help their bodies feel safe and to help their bodies heal. And that, of course, was not allowed in the work that I was doing. And it just felt like I was so isolated and disconnected from the people that were also feeling isolated and disconnected. And it was this perpetual um, cycle of feeling rejected and abandoned and alone on my end as a practitioner and then also on the client's end as well. And then, of course, that plays into like my inner child thing elements that were going on where I had those feelings of abandonment and yeah, it's just, it wasn't working. Yeah. And I remember when you and I first met, you were really at this pivotal point on your journey where you were debating on going back to college and kind of diving back into social work or how to integrate the Reiki practitioner piece with the social work and you were kind of playing with that a little bit but really you just stuck with um, staying out of the social work area Um, you really stayed with Reiki and and now you're doing um, more deeper work can you talk about that transition when you kind of got out of social work and what kept you on this more spiritual path yeah thanks for bringing that up Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so basically, I moved from Wisconsin to Portland to be a mental health therapist. I had been drawn here, and I was doing it for a few months, and I just kept hearing spirit whisper, like, this isn't it, this isn't it. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, I just kept pushing it down because my unhealed parts were like, okay, well, you're making it an income. You just moved here. You don't know anyone. You can't just up and leave your job. Um, just stick with it, right? And then one day I just, the whispers got to the point where it felt like a scream and it was like, you cannot keep doing this to yourself. You're out of alignment and it's not helping your clients and it's not helping the organization you work for. And it's just definitely not helping you. So I ended up meditating a lot at um, new Renaissance bookshops. I was like the only place <laughs> I knew in Portland at the time. And yeah. I, I really loved it because it broke down just these feelings of being out of alignment for me. I I had never really been exposed to spiritual healing. And as soon as I started dropping in there, I realized like I should go see someone. I should go see a psychic or somebody to help me. And as soon as I went to see the psychic, it just kind of all started locking into place or unlocking um, into place. And she basically just shared with me that I meant to be doing healing work in a more spiritual sense, less in a traditional or modern mainstream, I'll say that therapy route. And I, in that session, we worked through a lot of ancestral trauma too, around like my grandmother and scarcity mindset, which was holding me back from really quitting my job and doing what would make me happier. So I felt so free after that session. And things just started falling into place, synchronicities of me meeting a couple Reiki practitioners and them without me even prompting, just saying like, you're really meant to learn this. Do you feel that? And kind of guiding me into the practice. Um, And I think it was the next weekend after I went and saw that psychic, I ended up going to a Reiki training. And as soon as I went through that training, I think it was like day one, I started having all these psychic downloads. Mm -hmm. And able to connect to spirit in a really profound way that was able to bring healing to people. And um, I think 
for a while after that, I really pushed against it because it felt com- completely unreal. Like, okay, I just went to school for eight years and now I'm going to mm. talk to dead people. Like, what? What? um people are gonna think I went to Portland and just you know I don't know (laughs) what Wisconsin people in Wisconsin um had said to me a couple people were like you just went there and lost it like why would you throw it all away Mm. like because it wasn't mine (laughs) so um I definitely kept knocking on social work's door because I felt like it was more quote-unquote stable um I thought you know, I went to school, I should, should, a lot of shoulds, right. but a spirit definitely like walked me through doors and then shut them in order for me to see that I was not supposed to keep being in that field in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, like interview after interview and I'd become a finalist and then it, it'd be like me and one other person and I wouldn't get the job. And Eventually, I just took it as, okay, this is a sign that you're really supposed to lean into this more holistic healing route. And I did. And as Aaliyah, as you know, like, it's really unfolded for me in such a, an organic way. Um, Of course, I've had to dedicate time and energy to it, but everything has just shown to be abundant once I'm living in the flow. Mm. And I haven't really gone back to social work since. And I say not really only because I still dream about bringing the worlds together. Like if I could, and I will, if it's meant to be um, (laughs) going to like child protection and uh, department of human services and college center or college universities and college counseling centers and, and show them and just, um, invite them into another way of thinking, not a different, way like they don't have to throw their values out but just supplement some of the somatic ancestral energy work I think it could be so profound Mm, yes wow I'd really loved I'm so grateful to hear these pieces of your story um for our listeners April and I don't know each other well um Aaliyah and her have been fostering a friendship and so I'm just getting to experience so much of your story in this moment and it resonates with me because I found myself as I I imagine many healers and spiritual like workers and seekers um with sort of this this break in the in the path where it's like the mainstream tells us to go one way and then there are these inklings and whisperings to go this other way and I know for myself I've been so unsure about whether a master's program makes sense and and then my logical brain is like yes that does make sense (laughs) and my heart is just like I don't know if that's the way Mm. and so it's really beautiful to hear you speak about this journey that you've been on kind of like listening to spirit again and again guide you in this other direction that seems far less um controlled or something that it's that it's but it's in the flow and that that's what's guiding you deeper and deeper into like the beauty of your own life Mm. um so I'm really wanted to share I'm so grateful to hear this and I was curious about um, if there's a person that sort of has been a guide or a steward to your unfolding, and if you could talk about them. Hmm. Thank you for saying all that and reflecting in that way. I think it brings up that point of surrendering control, which is my life's greatest shadow. <laughs> or one <laughs> of my shadows is like not, not trying to grasp for control. Um, mm. And when we're in our heart space, we're not grasping. I truly believe that. But a person, a person that has like encouraged me or cultivated this understanding within me. Mm. Honestly, I cannot think of just one. That's (laughs) really, really hard for me. I would say that I truly believe there's these angels that show up at just the right time and it's they've been sprinkled throughout my time especially since moving here to Portland but before that as well before 
before my quote unquote awakening, um, I think we have many, but um, before that big one where I took the big leap out of like a, a normal or a, a mainstream path. Um, yeah, I feel a little bit stuck because I feel like so many people really have seen seen me more clearly than I think I could at times and were able to reflect to me like ideas about how to move forward. I really think that initial um, psychic that I saw, her name is um, Shannon Swallow. She's in Portland. She works with the Portland, I think it's called Portland Psychic School, but she, the way that she was able to speak to me with such clarity and conviction about my gifts really helpful um and she did it unapologetically which I admire a lot and I think that I take some of that on in my the way that I um share my psychic messages it's like very straightforward here it is you can do what you want with it um I really admired that about her and I was grateful that she was able to to do that for me never saw her again never talked to her again but you know like you know she was just a, a big like touch point for me in my journey and then um, my Reiki teacher was really, really helpful as well, just b- because the way that she practices with just such love and compassion. Mm-hmm. Um, her name's Colleen Benelli. And then my my friend and my mentor, Raina, she really, the thing that she did for me, um, she taught me a lot of shamanic work and technique, is she just truly believes that we're all elders, we all have so much to teach each other and your age and your race, your ethnicity, where you come from, it doesn't matter. It's all about how willing you are to share your heart and your wisdom and your ancient gifts with the world. That's the most important thing. So she helped me break out of imposter syndrome a lot, which I think is something that a lot of us probably experience in this world because like how, can I be connected to such a source of great love when I'm just this body, this finite body? Um, But that's the whole point is our, our body gets to be the channel. And she really helped me understand that, that it really doesn't matter who you are, where you are, where you're from, how old you are. Um, We all have something to offer. And the only way that it can be known and shared is by stepping up and doing so. So she really helped me unfold in that way. And there's a million other people. I want to just like name them all. But <laughs> it's, it's, it's like people that show up in these small but gigantic ways. You know, like I can even say Aaliyah for sure. Because <laughs> she, when I first started my business, was like, okay, let's get some of these things straight. You know, let's organize. Let's brainstorm. Let's dream. And she expanded mm-hmm. me in a huge way. Yeah. Um, so thank you, Aaliyah. No, thank you. And I can, I mean, me and you have had such this um, kind of balanced duel back and forth with support. I mean, you were my, you know, Reiki teacher. I got certified with Reiki and we've just, we've been friends and and been through so many different um, adventurous times together. And I feel that you know, I had a hard time even myself being like one person, how can I, you know, just pick one person. And it was, you know, just all these amazing women that have been supporting me. And so you have, you have been that for me as well. Mm, I love that. It's so, it gets to be reciprocal. That's the the magic. We're all elders. I love that. Mm, Yeah. Really beautiful seedlings of, of wisdom just nestled into so much of what you're sharing. Mm. Um, I'm curious about, a, like, any relationships that had to fall away along your path that you can remember were really, like, important lessons in letting go. Ooh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Wow. Okay. I love your questions. <laughs> Marissa is really good at them. Let's get down to it. Um, the first one that comes to mind is something that I've already spoke to a bit, but it was my relationship with my identity as a therapist and social worker. Like it was a relationship with myself that needed to fall away, wow. which it was probably one of the hardest because 
coming from my background, I was like the first person to go to college in my family, definitely the first person to get a master's degree, mm. and go on to work in government and do all like just, you know, the mm. on paper success. And I really thought about it when I quit, like, what does this mean? Who am I when I'm not overachieving, when I'm not getting good grades, when I'm not making this amount of money, you know, and that was really painful to essentially unzip that identity, step out of it and be like, Hey, I don't know if I'll ever see you again. Um, and, and people are going to be let down that I might not ever show up as you again. And that's okay. And if they can't see that this other version of me and the, you know, 5,000 other versions of me that will come later aren't like, if they can't see that there's beauty in that and truth and authenticity, then I guess they're not for me. Mm. Um, but yeah, I would say that was the toughest relationship to let go of like, who, who are you when you're not doing all the things that everybody says you should do? And I would be lying if I said I don't struggle with that sometimes still being an entrepreneur and, and working in this way in a very flow state for the most part. Um, I go through some of those shadowy sides of like, what am I doing? <laughs> what do I what do I have to show or like, how am I proving myself in the world? You know, that that's all unhealed ego stuff, but it still comes up. Mm but it feels so good to let go of that relationship because it was never really what I wanted to be doing. It got me here and I'm grateful that it got me here, but it always felt like that it was like the shirt was too tight, you know, mm. like suffocating me a little bit and it like looked nice. It was pretty and shiny, but it was a little too tight. Mm. And then I go put this other one on. And it's like a lot too big and I have to grow into it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that was that was such a big one. And I remember to just like being in Portland, you know, I had a roommate and she was the first person that I knew here and I didn't know her that well. And we bonded. But I changed so much from the time I moved in to the time I like left our relationship because of all the spiritual growth I went through. And that one was really painful because I think that it was difficult to understand why we couldn't be friends anymore because she and I, in the beginning, really could be friends. We were connected and we vibed well, but because there was so much transformation and shedding and rebirthing through our like very short time together, mm. it just wasn't, a, it wasn't aligned. It wasn't a good fit. And that one kind of had to explode in order to be released. Um, but I felt like it set me free in order to explore a community in Portland that I definitely would not have been connected to had I stayed in that relationship. Mm. Wow. Yeah, I think, you know, it's interesting listening to these little parts of your journey. I feel like there's this common thread that's coming through that's really, you've broken through a lot of the social conditioning that you were raised with, you know, with going to college and breaking free from that. And really, that social conditioning uh, that was trying to put you in a box and put you on a particular path. And, you know, that fear of money and success and how other people see you, you really took another path and have been slowly chipping away at this social conditioning. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank you for saying it in such a beautiful way. It <laughs> yeah. through because I started doing that so young too. Like I got emancipated from my parents at age 14 oh, wow. and that was really uncommon um, yeah. where I was from, like, and it was, it was shunned by parts of my family to do something like that. Mm -hmm. And I share that because the only reason I did that was because my intuition told me to, mm -hmm. and like truly led me to getting a lawyer, getting a guardian, getting, I was the only one initially that did that out of all my siblings, um, because of the, the trauma that was happening in my home life. And I think that was the first big event and experience where 
I did something that was not quote unquote normal and I immediately felt the benefit of it and therefore started trusting my intuition a bit. And that was, you know, I was a teenager, so I didn't even know what intuition was <laughs> at that point. So I, I'm grateful because I think there's something to be said about mentally remembering or keeping track in some way about times where you trusted your intuition and it paid off so wonderfully beyond what you could have even imagined. And I like to keep a little list. It's not something I focus on every moment, but if I'm ever feeling doubtful or like I want to control things, I think back to being 13, 14 and trusting my intuition to do this big thing in my life. And then from there, all the gifts that unfolded. Mm. And then from there, I also think of, you know, maybe less significant examples, but ones that were still profound to me in the moment. And that helps me trust my intuition each and every day. So it's, it's wonderful to trust. Wow. This is so beautiful. I'm like one bowing to your 14 year old self mm-hmm. in like so much. Yeah. Just astonishment and pride and like honoring that part of you that was willing to show up um, in a, it sounds like a really challenging situation. Um, where there were maybe not very many people who were going to advocate for you. So one, I feel inspired by your younger self. Shout out to her. (laughs) Um, And I love what you're bringing forward about intuition. Um, This is something I feel like I have been working really intimately around. And for a while, it was hard for me to articulate to people to explain like, what is our intuition? Like, how does it work? Why should I trust it? But I love that you're saying this thing that every time we, we follow it and confirm it, usually there is like a bounty, an abundance of gifts waiting for us. And the more that we like come through on it, we can just start to like embody that knowing and that internal trust. And I'm just really inspired by that practice. And I'm curious if the people in your life, if you find that you've surrounded yourself with people who are navigating based off their intuition. Mm. Yes, more and more so now that I've accepted it. I think more of my friends and the people that I'm connected with are connected to their intuition. I would say that definitely wasn't the case when I was in as tapped in. So I think it's that classic, like you attract what you are Mm -hmm. and your frequency pulls in the people that are similar to your frequency. And so I I learned from a lot of the people in my life because I think they're highly intuitive and everybody has such a unique way of tapping into their intuition, which is fun and exciting because it's not like I'll ever master it. So I have, you know, a particular way of connecting to my intuitive senses and then my friend over here has a different way and I can learn from them and we can play with it and try different modalities and techniques on Mm. and learn from each other's experiences where we didn't listen to our intuition. I think that's the other piece that's actually just as valuable. Mm -hmm. I don't want to, I don't want to make it seem like we can only learn from the Mm -hmm. abundant times. Like I've learned just as much from the times that I didn't listen to my intuition and then everything fell apart. (laughs) Those are really important to take note of too, because they're really potent um, lessons and medicines. The heartbreak and the pain and the consequences of not listening are tremendous and helpful. Yeah, I think I'm on that spectrum where more more times than not, I usually my intuition is like, see, I told you so. And then you weren't listening. And I'm like, oh, OK, I'm going to remember that one. And like I, I have definitely a list in my mind. Maybe I should write it down of like the times that I'm like, I didn't listen. No, nope, I was not paying attention, you know, more and more. I feel like that's my, you know, those those are my signs of like, oh, you weren't listening. It's definitely where I learn. Yeah, I think it's great to write them down because mm-hmm. if you're not feeling you're not feeling inspired or not trusting, you can just flip a page and see it. Um, in my mentorships, I encourage the people I'm working with to keep a notebook just for synchronicities and 
signs from the universe and intuitive acts that they go through each day. Even if it's as small as I felt called to take this different route home today and I ran into this person who started talking to me about this thing that I've been interested in, you know, or I ate this instead of this and it led me to start thinking about this other thing that I've been wanting to try out. So it's just small miracles throughout the day create big magic and I think that's (laughs) sacred simplicity. Ooh, sacred simplicity. Quote that. (laughs) And I'm also so glad that you mentioned this, Aaliyah, because it is, I think sometimes I remind myself when I'm trying to do this work and I have this vision for how I want to be in the world. And both what you said, Aaliyah, of like, I notice all these moments when I'm not listening to my intuition and remembering for myself that that is the conditioning. (laughs) That that is, it's like, don't listen to that crazy voice inside of you. She's like totally wrong and weird. And how are you going to explain yourself? And she doesn't make any quote unquote sense. She's not rational. She's not logical. And the way that so many of like so many people, majority of people are going to be dishonoring their intuition, Mm -hmm. not because it feels good, but because there's this like, fear and logic and ego like swooping in to try to save us from yeah really like the path that is unknown and and like takes a little bit more um bravery to jump into because it's not what we're being shown Mm, exactly I love how you said that and especially the part about the ego like it, it is present it is there and I think we just need to talk with it a bit during those moments where it's trying to come and save you from listening to your intuition to act in a different way than you normally would. And I know there's sometimes talk, I feel like we're getting further away from it these days, or maybe I live in a bubble so you can tell me if you you both are feeling otherwise, but there used to be this big emphasis on like, your ego is not your amigo, kill your ego, ego Mm -hmm. death. Yeah. And I just never really connected with that language I think especially coming from a psychology background our ego helps us it it serves us it's just that the conditioning is like a cloudy blanket that is thrown over it and then it's running around and then it can't really see so it's just trying to help and it doesn't know how to properly so we just need to talk it down like help it see more clearly understand that it's safe be really gentle and tender and kind to the ego in order for it to trust our highest mind or our highest self or however you want to call it, your intuition and trust that part of you and understand that it's not actually trying to kill your ego. It's just trying to coexist with it and co-create. Wow. Wow. (laughs) So beautiful. I'm like, I love, I really want to honor you and your voice in this moment because I find that there, I'm experiencing a lot of humility and a lot of centeredness um, in your shares about not go, go, going like way to this polarized part where it's like, this is the right way and this is the only way. I just feel you balancing in the center. I'm experiencing that. Mm-hmm. And so I want to just like, yeah, grateful, deeply grateful for that. And I also want to ask if either of you know the song, it's called um, Grandmother Sphere. No. No. Oh my goodness. Okay, so shout out to everybody who's listening. You need to go listen to this song. It is so beautiful. And in it, um, I think it's East Forest. So maybe some people know East Forest, but in it, they talk about, he says, I didn't transcend my ego. My ego and I became friends. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, <laughs> wow. Oh, just like. Mm, exactly speaking exactly to what you're sharing and putting forward and it's mm-hmm. so beautiful because any part of us that we deny or we isolate becomes like a shadow part that later will co- resurface and come back up absolutely it gets louder and louder because you're not actually listening to it so it has to get louder mm-hmm. yes. mm, I love that I'm gonna look that song up that sounds magical <laughs> Oh my goodness, really so beautiful. Mm, And I think this is a perfect time. Um, 
Uh, I'm curious, April, what are your current offerings? What's the actual medicine of the work that you're doing right now? Well, (laughs) (laughs) ever evolving. Yes, I love that about you. Yeah, you've seen it. Aaliyah's seen the shifts <laughs> over, the, over the years. Like I started with Reiki, just Reiki, teaching Reiki, um, connecting with that energy. But then I realized I was never really just doing Reiki. I was incorporating psychic work and shamanic work and my background as mental health therapist and all that stuff. So I'm learning that it's really hard to be put in a box. Um, I stopped teaching Reiki I still connect with that energy, but I don't solely just because I can feel that it was limiting me to expand into different areas of my practice. So that was a long little preface for me saying right now, I'm only working with people in this mentorship that I created. It's called the Starsea Support Series, and it's for people who are feeling like they have a higher purpose on this earth and they have gifts to discover. Um, But first, mm, not first, during, they would like to do some shadow work and move through layers of ancestral guilt and trauma, past life guilt and trauma, um, conditioning from trauma in this lifetime in order to get to those gifts and be able to walk in the world with life. So right now that mentorship is about three weeks in um, and it goes through December. So that is a way that I'm working with people, um, working one-on-one with them, leading them in shamanic journeying. And like I said, working through layers of ancestral trauma, which is something that I'm really passionate about is helping people meet with their healthy dead ancestors in order to address some traumas and karmic cycles that live in their lineage and their DNA and their blood. Um, Because I truly believe that our blood, our DNA, our lineage has so much wounding in it and so much wisdom. But I think we focus so much on the wounding because our ego, our unhealed ego is drawn to that first and doesn't quite get to the wisdom. So my whole mission or a big part of my mission is to help people realize that there's wisdom beyond the wounding. Mm. Wow. So beautiful. Sign me up. (laughs) That sounds very powerful and very delicious and, and deep. I am imagining that. Yeah. There's a lot, a lot of showing up and showing up and showing up to the people in this course. And Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so beautiful. To, to hear this version of your offerings. And I'm kind of curious if you could clarify for our listeners sort of how you define shamanic work and mm-hmm. if there's any people who have guided you through that, um, that path. Yes. So shamanic work to me is the connection to the natural world, earth medicine, So it's a really broad term. I think sometimes people um, think that it's related to a specific culture, but shamanism is practiced by all cultures and all of those connected to natural medicine. So the way that I practice primarily is through core shamanism, which was taught to me by uh, my mentor, Raina, that I mentioned who studied with the 21st century light song um, school of shamanism in Portland. And so these techniques that I'm talking about, some of them I've been taught, some of them were taught to me by my ancestors in the journey space. Um, So it's about clearing energy, um, releasing spirit attachments and soul retrievals, past life regressions. Um, I use the drum a lot. Well, I sit with my drum a lot. Her name is Kilakoa, and we have a really special connection. And she and I basically help people get into their subconscious mind, their right brain, beyond the unhealed ego in order to get information or have access to information that you might not have when you're just in your day-to-day. Or, you know, a lot of times in mainstream America, um, I know that's not everyone, and it might not be everybody listening to this, but... A lot of times we are living in our left brain, 
which can be very analytical and logical and connected to our unhealed ego. And so we might not have access to a higher vision or a purer truth about our story, about our purpose. And so I find that with the drum, I'm able to help people channel more of their truth in their right brain. And so that's a really big foundation of my work that I was taught um, in ceremony with uh, the Light Song School. Mm. Yeah. Does that um, does that answer it? <laughs> yeah, that's absolutely beautiful. That mm-hmm. scene. Yeah, I can just feel the presence of you. And I love that your drum is a being, is alive, is like mm-hmm. your co-creator and helps create space for people to journey into themselves. Yeah, she really is her own being. And like her song is so healing for people. And I've seen people be able to drop into themselves deeper than they've maybe experienced before um, per their reflection afterward or during, which is phenomenal to be able to get there with just such a simple, mm-hmm. simple um, instrument. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And then my other offering right now is Ceremony Space, which is an online community that I started a, a year ago in December. And it's off of social media, so it's a private community where we connect in ceremony monthly, um, virtually mostly right now. But I basically do some connection to ancestors and drumming and moon circles in that space, as well as invite guest guides of various modalities to come in and teach or share or guide ceremony each month, uh, which is really fun because I learned so much from different guides. Like I was mentioning how everybody's an elder. It really truly feels that that is the truth. And um, having ceremony space and being able to share all these different modalities and ways of thought and values and backgrounds with my community through these wonderful, knowledgeable guides is so much fun and such a gift. So that is, that's been my my baby this year and thing that I'm really focusing on because I realized when I first started this journey, like I mentioned, I came here uh, to Portland and I didn't really know anybody. And, you know, I was playing around in different communities, but I didn't feel like anything really landed. And I didn't really feel like I had a sense of belonging, Mm. especially, you know, walking through territory that was so new to me. And then also being in a whole different city, I felt so exposed and isolated. And so I wanted to create something that if anybody was going through something at all similar, they could feel held and they had resources and they had um, people to come connect with that are going through similar rituals and practices and journeys. Mm, Wow. Yeah. Mm, I'm like so moved by this and I find... I'm also curious, um, this, this ceremony space for me, I know in my life more and more, I've had this deep craving for ritual and ceremony space with really, and sometimes I think that those words don't land for people or they don't know what they mean, but I know for myself that it has become something simple, like creating intentional space to be completely present like in the timeless now in this retreat space that's just unfolding and i'm i'm curious if you yeah if there's a way in which you describe ceremony space um and if there was maybe like if you incorporate it into your daily life if there's ways in which you yeah sprinkle it into your life for yourself Mm. line with what you said about ceremony just being essentially dropping in with yourself and finding intentional space with your connection to you with your connection to earth with your connection to your spiritual team to your community to me and something that I speak a lot about in ceremony space is that I am the walking ceremony. You are the walking ceremony. 
You don't need anything outside of yourself to be in ceremony. We can have tools and oracle and crystals and tarot and drums and all of it, but truly the medicine, the wisdom is within you. And I know that's a really like oversimplified (laughs) explanation, but what that means is at any time, if you are feeling disconnected, when you actively choose to come into connection with yourself, whether it's through breath, through voice, through song, through movement, through meditation, or just looking up at the sky, I believe that's a ceremony Mm. because it's a sacred time for yourself. It's a sacred Mm. invitation, a sacred invitation. To me, that is ceremony. And that could be with other people. Like we've talked about, that's one way that I initiate ceremony. But I think ultimately the most powerful medicine is when you choose to be in sacred connection with yourself. Mm -hmm. And there's so many different ways to do that. And that's why I created ceremony space to just share little simple ways to be with yourself because we're not really taught how to do that. We're taught the opposite, right? Like how can you distract yourself the easiest and how can you numb the most powerfully? So it's not surprising to me if someone says to me, I don't know how to be in ceremony with myself. I'm like, Yes, you're right. Of course. Why would you? Thank mm-hmm. you for saying that. Thank you for being honest. We don't have to act like we know mm-hmm. how to do it. It's innate, but we still can learn it because we've de- been conditioned that it's not It's not like sexy to not be on social media or to not be numbing out to something. Um, mm-hmm. But I think times are shifting and luckily we get to relearn how to be in ceremony. That was such a long answer. <laughs> mm, so good. But so full of medicine. <laughs> yeah, this this re-remembering. I love that you keep talking about how things are innate and simultaneously like we've forgotten them and we have to re-remember. There is and I think that's really just like so much of being a human. Mm-hmm. Being birthed into this world, there's like all this knowledge that's just in our bones and our bodies. Mm-hmm. And then we get socialized and then we try to unsocialize ourselves. <laughs> like that's so mm-hmm. true. Yeah, it's so true. And I think because it's innate, but we're remembering, one of the biggest things we can do is clear through the clutter, like work through layers of the conditioning. And that can be energetic. That can be like just voicing the conditioning. I think there's so many simple but powerful ways to get to that innate wisdom from a place of being conditioned. Mm. It's like, we just have to dig a little deeper and then a little deeper and a little deeper. And, um, you know, there's, there's lots of ways to clear through the layers or the the junk or the clutter. But I think talking about it is po- like really powerful while potentially doing some movement or breath or touching your body to guide the energy out, guide the energy of conditioning out. Mm-hmm. Um, I channeled a little message before I hopped on. I was just like, what? What's alive? What wants to come through? And it said, Life is playful when we put down the poisonous patterns. Mm. It's like, oh, yeah, that's it. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It's so much in such a, you know, like a little sentence can be so impactful. Just those little mm. pieces. Mm. You know, I'm all about the one-liners. Like, yeah. <laughs> me. I'm here for it. So true. Mm. Do you have any other questions, Marissa, that you kind of are coming through? Or I think we've, we love closing with this, this question of if you could write a little love note to the younger version of yourself, what would it be? Oh, I love that question. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So sweet. Yeah. It would be... Please remember that you are so beautifully intuitive and all of your feelings matter and you do not have to shut any of them out. You can honor all of your feelings because they're leading you to something really true and beautiful 
And even if they don't feel or look lovely, they are leading you to lovely abundance. Mm. So to not shut any of your feelings out, to love every feeling that you have. Mm. Mm. I feel like I'm receiving like the, the quantum <laughs> healing of talking to my younger self. Oh, yes. I know. I literally just got the chills. Me too. <laughs> the chills of truth. Oh, so good. So, yeah. I can feel her talking back to me like, okay, well, then you better go feel all your feelings right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and as you were, you were talking to your you know, younger self, I was remembering when we were in um, really in ceremony in um, Reiki class, um, you had us at one point uh, write a letter to ourselves and Mm -hmm. then you mailed it to us, whatever it was like a month later or something like that. And I had this flash of it and I wanted to go, I'm like, after this call, I'm going to get off and I'm going to go remind myself and read it. (laughs) Oh, I love that. That's that's such a sweet little practice. Like, Mm -hmm. I love snail mail too, so we should bring yeah. that snail mail. I think it's fun. <laughs> That's so good. Snail mail is the best. Yes. It's just full of intentionality and love. It's like little flying um, medicine. Yeah. Flying medicine. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this has been so beautiful. I am. I've really received so much of your your wisdom and your groundedness and the journey that you've been on and and where you are now and I can only imagine the ripples of this conversation mm. into the ethers. Mm. Thank you both so much. Thank you to anyone listening. Sending lots of love and hoping you allow yourself to deepen your truth to yourself and your sacred ceremony time. Yes. Mm-hmm. Love you so much, yes. April. Yeah, we'll put for anybody listening, if you want to get a hold of April, we'll have all of her contact info in the description. Um, because your work just sounds so beautiful and people, yeah, people need it. So thank you. Thank you, thank you. Mm, thank you. Today's episode was sponsored by the people who love and support us in our unfolding. We couldn't do it without them. Deep gratitude to you all, our listeners, for showing up to learn and grow with us. We are honored to be on this journey with you. We'd love to continue connecting. Find us on Instagram at the undergrowth podcast and support this evolving community by donating through Venmo at nurtured rhythm. Make sure to subscribe to stay in the loop. We can't wait to have you for our next episode.